0: So for those of you that say, oh, I'm not happy in my job and I'm going to start a business or I'm going to do this on the side or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You can do it. You can do whatever you want to do, but you got to fucking work. You got to work your ass off and nothing comes easy, especially in today's day and age. All right. Hello. Welcome to episode
1: 100. 100. 100. It's a big day. 100 weeks of KT
0: Confidential. Welcome, there. episode 100 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. We are your hosts. I am Ariel Cormendy.
1: I think you might be getting too close to the microphone.
0: And he it's is popping.
1: Adrian Trot. I am Adrian Trot. No, it's cuz I
0: got excited. Oh. I'm excited. 100 episodes.
1: As as you should be.
0: That's almost... As you should be. That is almost two years of weekly podcasts where we have to think about things to talk about.
1: (laughs) Often on a whim, but always value-packed.
0: Actually, you know, uh, in the last year specifically, we've got a lot more feedback and messages from those of you that are listening and have listened. Um, We always welcome your comments. So leave a comment wherever you're watching or listening and um, always love ideas of stuff to talk about. So if you want us to talk about something, we'll throw it into the mix in an upcoming episode. So today it's, it's going to be a little bit more about us.
1: We figured, yes, I, you know. I feel like we've refrained from talking about us in the past, and I, I think we need to. I think that's a good idea.
0: All right. Well, today we're going to talk about us and our business and our journey as realtors and how we started in real estate and where we are today and the journey to get to where we are. And uh, we won't we won't go too far back in in terms of timelines. Like we're not going to. Are give you scratching you... your head? Oh, you can see that? Yeah, man. What the hell did you do? <laughs> yeah, n- n- no. Uh, that was the kids. They uh, I hadn't seen them for a few days, and uh,
1: they were really hyped. I'm gonna <laughs> my, That's so funny. My hat on. <laughs> it, do you it's... need? Hang on. Let's just have a moment here. Do you need? Help. Like, are you being abused?
0: If I wink. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you. I am. Damn, those abused. kids are a Damn. Little terrors. Um, hey, boys, boys at three years old, they've got a lot of energy. And uh yeah, they they were up at the cottage for a few days and they came home and full of energy, hadn't seen me in a few days, and were excited to play. And got a little got a little rough last night and uh their, uh, their nails, uh, were a little bit long and they clawed my, uh, clawed my head. So <laughs>
1: it's, it's what I deal it's so with. Funny. So funny. It's funny. Usually, I mean, when we were younger, you'd be bragging about that and it wouldn't be kids. It would be girls. Yeah. women. Yeah. But now it's kids are being, yeah, I, you know,
0: I could have said that I could have said, I hadn't seen my wife in days and, uh, she just went ape shit on me, but,
1: uh, no, that's yeah. not the real story. I got beat up by my 3 year olds So um, one of the things I just want to really quickly say, i just talking about how, like there's, I, I always wonder how do people end up in a certain direction? Like there are so many things in life that happen, minor, tiny little decisions and instances and people that come in and out of your life that kind of direct you in a certain way. And your life can go in so many different ways. So how did we end up in real estate? Um, I remember very specifically, I don't know if this is the moment, but very vividly your old house in Oakville, three-story townhouse, uh, village home. We were in the kitchen. I was on one side of the counter. I think you were on the other side. You were probably in the kitchen because you're the chef in this relationship. And, uh, we were talking about real estate. I think you were unemployed at the time. But anyways, we both seemed to have an interest in it. And for me, the big thing for me that motivated me to get into it was I saw a big void in good quality service. I remember I hired to sell my house. I hired the reputable local agent whose name and picture was all around the neighborhood. And he didn't do a very good job whatsoever. He made me go with Alicia and my wife. We went to Walmart. We had to buy all our own staging stuff that we never used again. And we had to stage our own house. We were there like 1159 before they were closing at midnight just packing our cart full of stuff that we'll never ever use again staged our own house he came in with a little shitty point and shoot didn't even hire a photographer took his own photos anyways never that was, followed 10, up with that was 10 that was 10 years ago yeah so things have changed um but that was well, 10 years they? ago i mean not long after that we got into it and we were doing 10 times that yeah,
0: I think that was really the start of what motivated us to to be in an industry that we would be able to excel using our experiences in life, using our um, our backgrounds in sales and marketing and advertising and in, in graphic design and in, in everything that if you combine our two skills, like uh, the two of us, if you combine our skills together, um, we knew that we could make things better. And I did the same thing. I hired the realtor at that time to sell my home when we moved to Milton. Um, That was a little bit more predominant in the neighborhood and Point and shoot camera taken photos taken by the realtor there was no staging there was no marketing of any kind other than those crappy photos going on the mls and because i had a design kind of keen eye for design um the place was it looked good and it was clean and it, it showed well and it sold quickly but not because of what the agent did. And I think that's when you and I realized that we could go into this industry making things immediately better. And uh, that was that was 10 years ago. And we were both in the automotive industry. So for those of you that don't know, um, I was the general sales manager for Gord's Auto Group in Milton at the time. And um, I oversaw... Gorodzato, Milton Toyota, and Milton Hyundai. Um, I oversaw the um, the management staff for the sales department, so all of the managers reported into me, and all of the salespeople uh, as well. Um, I also had the responsibility of um, hiring and, and delegating to uh, tasks for reception and admin people as well. So I had a big, um, responsibility under my umbrella. And Adrian was one of the sales and finance managers, um, ultimately at the Hyundai dealership when we opened that store. Um, and we'd worked together for years and years. So we became friends. We had a lot of similar interests and we hung out a lot together. Um, when, when we were working at the dealerships and, um, and we always had an interest in in real estate i remember i I've told this story before. I remember you know being a child where my mom and my my grandmother uh who had purchased and sold many homes throughout my lifetime like they they would buy one and move into it for a few years and then and then sell it and buy another and decorate it and sell it and and that's how they they built up some family equity. Uh, but every weekend more or less throughout the summers
1: we were going to open houses and because I we, never did that never ever I was yeah. never involved in any of the moving
0: yeah it was it was it was a big thing for us we would you know go drive around the neighborhoods and if there was an open house uh pop in and especially when there's nothing else to do or we didn't want to spend money or whatever it was a form of entertainment um and because we had purchased and sold a number of homes me growing up as a child i always saw the realtors come in they were, you know they were dressed nice they drove nice cars we knew they lived in nice homes you assumed that they made good money um and I don't know. It was always something in the back of my mind that I thought I would be good at. And as a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but in the 80s, I was born in 1980, just turned 40 a few weeks ago. um, MLS, you know, there was no Internet. And the MLS consisted of what was called the MLS book, the Toronto Real Mm -hmm. Estate Board distributed a book. Have you ever seen those? Oh, yeah. With all of the listings. And you'd get this little black and white, it's like a, uh, you know, a fourth of a page uh, listing with a black and white photo, it became color eventually. um, And very, very basic description and all that. And I remember being maybe six, seven years old, and asking our realtor, if he could give me one of those. And he gave me a couple of outdated ones, like ones that were a week or two yeah. old or whatever. Yeah. And as a six, seven, eight year old, I would study those and look at them. And um, I don't know, it, it always interested me. You so were a weird kid. I was. I was a very lonely child because I was a, a only child and I didn't have a lot of friends. Uh, My mother really um, also kind of um, secluded me from a lot of things. Uh, She overprotected me, you know, typical typical Jewish mother, uh, very overbearing and protective. Um, So anyways, it was something that always interested me. So when you and I, and I do remember that conversation in my kitchen, um, yes, I was probably cooking something, and we were drinking and talking, and something that we would do on a regular basis
1: um and a lot I was, of the decisions we made were over several beverages and food and food, good food, yes,
0: good food and several beverages, a lot of good decisions made in that period of time and If you think back now, I mean, when that discussion started, you were just in. Your relationship, you just started your relationship basically with your now wife. I was single. Um, I was unemployed. So I had a hiatus of about uh, eight months where I did not uh, work. Ultimately went back to work for the dealerships, but um, that's a whole other story. Um, During that time, I I bought a condo in West Palm Beach and spent a lot of time in Florida. but we were huddled in my in my kitchen, and um I was thinking of what my next path would be, because I had spoken to you on a regular basis of me not enjoying what I was doing. I did not enjoy it anymore. I did in the beginning, but as time progressed, you know, I realized there was nowhere for me to go unless I would own the dealership, which I had no intention of doing because I knew the cost is astronomical and the return on your investment now is, is marginal. Um, Not a business I wanted to be in. I, I wasn't enjoying the atmosphere or anything about it anymore. And, I'd always wanted to get into the restaurant business, but also knew that that's a very difficult um, business to be in, to be a restaurateur, to be a, you know, I, I worked as a as a chef and as a cook in, in restaurants. I've been a part of that industry. And the amount of hours and money you make is, you know, I, I give a lot of credit to people in that industry. Um so we started chatting. We're like, why don't we get our real estate license? And that's that's how it all started over just a simple conversation of, well, why don't we just start taking the courses to get our license? And if we get through it, then we'll be forced to make a decision. And either we, we don't do it or we do
1: it. Well, and I think that was, and that's probably one of the biggest mistakes new real estate agents make is they're dabbling in it. Versus jumping right into it. And I feel like when you're doing that and you don't have a plan B, you don't have a backup, you're, you don't, you know, it, it's your only option. You jump in and you make it work. And we did that. Um, and we never looked back and we came from jobs where we were making good money and people thought we were crazy to get out of it. But you know, when you're motivated and that's all you've got, to rely on you make it work, and we did. And I think that was one of the best things we probably decided on.
0: Well, if you think about it, individually both of our incomes were well above what a typical family household income was at that time. Plus, we had full benefits, dental and, and health benefits, and um cars. We had cars, company cars, company cars, you know, uh, which were insured and Gassed and all kinds of perks that come along with being a senior manager and that kind of an organization. So you, you know, you get to go golfing, you get to go on some trips, you get um, a little bit more autonomy in terms of your schedule. Um, even though you end up working 70 hour, six day a week, weeks, um, you know, if you wanted to take off for a couple of hours for lunch, oftentimes you could do that. Um, so we left that, dropped it to earn nothing. Right? Yep. You get yep. into real estate, you, you don't make a cent unless you sell something. And even then, you don't get paid until the, the transaction closes. So for a lot of realtors, and this is what happens with a lot of real estate agents, is that they go months and months and months and months, a lot of them, with without
1: a cent coming well, in. Well, not only that. I mean, even once even once you, let's say, as a new real estate agent, you get a listing. It takes you a few weeks to get it up on the market. You're investing thousands of dollars into it. At least you should be then it takes you a month to sell it and then it takes two months to close on it. Not only has it taken you three to five for six months to get paid on it, you've shelled out money right in the beginning to make this happen, let alone how long it takes you to earn that client. And in the beginning, that's not easy because the people you think are, you know, a shoe in like your family, <clears throat> I'm losing my voice talking too much today, your family, your friends, they quite often are not going to be the ones that give you that opportunity, not in the beginning, anyways. Yeah, you have to earn that, right? You're more likely
0: to get a stranger that believes in you, um, on on in the onset. So, you know, it's been a long journey, uh, a ten, almost a ten year journey. When we had this discussion that we're talking about in our in my kitchen, yeah, that was just over ten years ago that would have been uh the middle of 2010 so it's been a it's been a long journey and boy have have things changed like we are now a team of 6 sales representatives and we are adding we are looking to hire uh to grow the team even more we have a client care manager who also serves as um an assistant to us And we have a videographer who is dedicated to our properties and and helping us uh, bring material like this podcast out to the world. And everything that we do today and everything that we have and everything that um, is a part of our day-to-day business activities is very different or did not
1: exist at all from when we started. Well, let's go back to when we first started and how did we get to where we are? Like one of the first things we ever did, you and I happen to be next door neighbors. So for those that don't know, Arielle and I um, live immediately next door to each other. And we have since 2011, May, May of 2011. May of 2011, that's right. And so it was the next year that we got into real estate full-time. I got married in November. Shortly after we returned from our wedding, I left my job. We took a few weeks off. What?
0: Well, hang on, because I left. I, I resigned from my job in August of 2011. Yes. And we basically started our real estate business about a month or
1: two after that. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean like full fledged into it. So I left my job a couple of weeks a after team. I returned. As a team. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I,
0: I was, I was still putting a few deals together while you were still working at the dealership and you made a decision that once you got married, that that yes. was, that was, that was it. That was the final Final go of earning an income. <laughs> Wanted to make sure you had enough money to get married.
1: Um, Sorry. Did I cut all this?
0: So in that year, a little bit more than a year of us having our licenses and, and us becoming a two-person team, um, I did a shit ton of training. Like, I mean, I went to every event and took every course, uh, read every article and book that I could, I learned, I learned, I did all of the dirty learning too, right? Like the stuff that you wouldn't. Normally what is dirty
1: learning. Can Why you explain? Trillton, uh,
0: you know, the you get your 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 feet dirty, you get your hands dirty, you you get into the the grind of things, you know, the stuff that you don't learn necessarily in the courses. Um I went to the brokerage on a daily basis and sat down with a lot of the experienced realtors and you know, talked to them become a part of the, became a part of the um, day-to-day life of being a realtor. And I hadn't done a transaction
1: yet, right? So I want to go back. So we lived next door to each other. So we decided, and I think every, every agent starting off needs to have some focus, whether it's knocking on doors, networking through, you know, a particular club or something you're a part of. Um, whatever it is, we chose to focus on our neighborhood. It was a new development, so there's a lot of turnover. Um, we live next door, just made sense. So what were some of the things we implemented? We had, um, you started the local Facebook page, which did very well. Got us yeah. connected with a lot of people in the area.
0: Well, and I think the way that we got the word out about the Facebook page, like we were knocking on doors saying, Hey, we started a Facebook. We live
1: I down the street. I forgot about that. That's right.
0: You know, we were knocking on doors saying, uh, we live down the street. We just started a Facebook page. Can you, can you join the Facebook page? Uh, because we're going to share things that are coming up in the neighborhood. We want to get everybody to meet each other and be able to communicate. Like if, if there's a burglary on, on you know, in the neighborhood, it's a great spot to just hop on and advise, right? Like, how many times a car got broken into over the last 10 years that we knew about it right away. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's 700 and almost 800 people in that group.
1: You know, well, I, I do remember that now. And we also had our neighborhood newsletter.
0: Right. can the frequency. We did it
1: quarterly monthly. in the beginning, quarterly in the beginning.
0: Then we no, went we to, monthly, to monthly
1: and then we dropped that, it all together mm-hmm. eventually. But, Well, that was also pushing the Facebook page. I remember on the front cover, we'd always have join HVOTP.com or whatever the URL was. And it would say, you know, 500 members and growing. So every month we'd publish that and update the number.
0: And I think that it was a brilliant idea and kudos to you because you were the one that put it together. Um, But, you know, we we branded it. We called it the Wilmot Ruler. And um, that's... um, that's the subdistrict um, it's called Wilmot it's the neighborhood Wilmot, also known as Hawthorne Village on the park and um, and we tied it in uh, the Facebook page and then this publication and it was a four page publication that initially because of cost, we couldn't afford to do it any more than quarterly. even that we couldn't afford because it you was know,
1: expensive we were paying like a thousand bucks a month more more. Fourteen hundred is like seven hundred to print, seven hundred to deliver, something like that.
0: Yeah, Um, you know, and what we did right is we didn't do any chest pounding. There wasn't any selling. We had like a third of the back of the page where we put our newest listings in the neighborhood. Um, because by that point already we'd started establishing ourselves as realtors in the neighborhood and. Um a few people trusted us to, to sell their places. Um and that that grew over time, of course. But um but that but that was the start of it. That's we created a farm area. They call it a farm, right? Because you're farming that specific neighborhood. Um and when you farm something, you have to plant the seeds and, and nurture maintain it. it and, and nurture it, maintain absolutely. It. And and it doesn't grow overnight. It takes time for it to grow. And and that's exactly what happened. And, um, you know, I remember we did a street party not long after we created the Facebook page and then the, the newsletter. We decided, you know what, now we're making some money. Uh, let's do something to give back to the community, right? And realtors are known for that. A lot of realtors, especially ones that are higher income earners giving back in some capacity, Um, like for the month of September, uh, we donated a portion of each of our sales uh, back to the Halton Food for Thought, which is a great organization that provides um, wholesome meals to children in Halton schools that don't otherwise have those foods available to them in their home and sometimes go hungry. Um, so, so we donated a portion of all of our sales in September to, to that cause. And, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of realtors like to give back, uh, to the community cause that's how they earn their income as well. Uh, but we decided to
1: have a, what did we call it? A charity street party, I think. Yeah. We went through the process of getting permits and getting the town to give us permission to block off an, a part of the street. So we chose a street that wouldn't be overly interrupted by the event and it was a good spot cause it had great exposure on a major street in our neighborhood. So, um, between all of the activity that was going on, we got a lot of exposure and we did well, we raised some money for the hospital. We had tons of stuff there. Like we had a big barbecue. We went and picked up this commercial propane barbecue from M&M meats and got some burgers and, hot dogs and we had the big tent and we had a big bouncy castle and we were doing a 50, 50 raffle. And it was a really, really good turnout. I, w- I enjoyed the day. It was, uh, we had face painting, face painting uh, and local baker uh, came and was selling cupcakes and donating a portion of that. Yeah. And we, we, had, had some, we had a lot of support from the neighborhood too. We had some people volunteer to help us out.
0: Yeah. And I think that was also a good way to, for us to get to meet and mingle right it was oh yeah um and and we got volunteers like we again we went knocking on doors and said we're gonna have a street party to raise some money for the hospital and it's gonna be fun kids are gonna have a great time the weather's gonna be awesome are you able to help we need some help can you can you volunteer? Can you paint some faces? Can you blow up some balloons? Can you can you make hot dogs? Like what can you do to help us raise some money? And um if you think back to all of those volunteers, Adrian, yep. they've all become clients. Each and every one of them. And in fact, I can't remember if Heather. Yeah, Heather was there. And Heather she was became there. She became (laughs) became, not only a
1: client; she became a friend and and a part of the team. Yeah, sounds like one of those hair for men
0: commercials. Um, You know, I think that was a big—I don't know if you can call it a catalyst, but um, that really catapulted our career. Did
1: we put signs up? We put. We had, uh, I can't remember what they were, but yeah, we had signs we put up somewhere. And I'll never forget. And you know where I'm going
0: to go with this story. I'll never forget. I
1: I was was waiting for one of us to bring it up.
0: So you went door knocking on the street. I'll say the street is Higginbotham Crescent, uh, which abuds Brawny Street South in in Milton. Um, You went knocking on the street to all of the homes because you needed 80% of the homes that were affected to sign off um, on this document that we provide to the town.
1: To, to close the street. To
0: close the street. And you had knocked on one door and he basically told you to fuck off. And, and slam slammed and and, the door. And slam the door in your face. Yeah. And the next day... I got text messages out of the blue from this person that said, and I think I still have them saved. um, Well, at this point, we
1: didn't know definitively who it was. We didn't know who it was. We didn't know who it was. We didn't know the phone number. Correct. Correct. We still don't really, but we assume with a high, you
0: do know? No, no, no. I confirmed it. Okay. I wasn't aware of that. I 100% confirmed it. Yeah. Yeah. so slammed the door in your face, told you to fuck off. And we didn't think of it again. Can you hear that? Yeah, I think she chose the wrong Sonos speaker. For those, <laughs> for those of you that uh, like Blippy, Blippy is my life now. And yeah, she grouped the living room speaker with my office speaker. So let me just take care of that. I apologize. There you go. Um, So anyways, he slammed the door in your face, told you to fuck off. The next day or the next two days later, I get a text message. And again, we didn't know this is the same person, but it says, uh, it it said a lot of nasty things and basically said that uh, um, it's a cover up and you're doing it just for business and it's not for charity. You can't call it a charitable event. Well, because the
1: premise of this was to raise money for the Milton Hospital. So it was, was in fact, a charitable event. And and this person was not happy with it.
0: Correct. Not happy. Says that none of his neighbors signed off on this. You can't close down my street. Um, Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, the long story short here is, four or five years goes by, guess who hires us to sell
1: their house? So that, that's just, you know, goes to show that you got to be persistent people because you're going to get doors slammed in your face. You're going to get a lot of no's, but if you are persistent and you push through it, it'll always work out in the end. So, so what happened was this
0: individual and his partner uh, came to several of our open houses when they were thinking about selling they, They made a um, conscious effort of that's how they were going to search for their next realtor and went out and and visited a few of our open houses. And they were so impressed with the way that we marketed the property, um, not only online, but inside the home and impressed with the way we presented the home and ourselves in person that it led them to interview us and they interviewed us and the two other big teams uh in the neighborhood um or in in the town i would say um really one other big team and and then one that's just there um <laughs> um and we impressed them so much that they hired us so after they literally and i confirmed it that that was him they slammed the door in our face told us to fuck off this was multiple said, times because said a bunch th- of things to us that yes.
1: were nasty and ends up hiring us and he didn't slam the door in our face that one time cuz one of the things we would do in the past was when a house would sell we would knock on the doors of the you know five to 10 most immediate neighbors or 20, so like on either side. And there was probably two times that I knocked on his and one one time, I remember I spoke with his wife who was very pleasant, he was there, but he, he could tell he was giving me the cold shoulder and he went inside, another time I knocked and that I caught them in the driveway that time just coming home from somewhere. The next time I did it, knocked on the door, he answered, again, slammed the door in my face, he did not like us. So, and you know, it wasn't once, it wasn't twice, it was like three times. We yep. met with this person and, and none of the uh, at none of those times was it a very pleasant experience. But, you know, if you prove yourself, people can't question. It. They may you know not like fun. you, but if you're you the best, it's... you're the best.
0: Yep. Well, that's it. Right. You you might not like the owner of your favorite Food, uh, takeout food, but you
1: love oh, the damn, food so much. Damn, that's good pizza.
0: Yeah, or damn, that's a that's a. Da- you are a nasty person to me when I come in to pick that shawarma up. But man, that is the best shawarma I ever had. Right. <laughs> um. Anyways, you know one part but of for the record. For was, the
1: record, we we were never mean. He just didn't like us. I think right. some people just don't like real estate agents. Yeah. No, he definitely did
0: not. Does not, and did not like agents you know it's funny i never told you is when they did go to our open houses because we have our iPads set up in the in the front foyer and uh, we ask all attendees to um to register and of course we have no like you know we're not going to ask people to bust out their passports so we can verify but we ask people to politely register and we keep them informed on what's happening with the property and and um and all that but He said every time he visited, he gave us the wrong name and wrong phone number, like just made shit up. Right. So we wouldn't, we purposely wouldn't be contacting him. Yeah. Um, It's
1: expected. I mean, we never push, force people to sign in because nobody's, if they don't want to, they're not going to give you legit information, anyways. Right.
0: So, so that's really where it started to snowball is. You know, we harnessed, first of all, we knew everything about the neighborhood inside and out, right? Uh, We knew all the streets, we knew all the models, the floor plans, the square footage of each of them. All the local
1: developments.
0: Everything that was happening in the area. That was huge for us. Uh, We were the go-to. We were the knowledge people and still to this day. If somebody has a question about what's being built or going on in the area, uh, we get asked because people know we've got the answers. And back then, you know, when this Facebook page started up, it was really easy for somebody to say, hey, Ariel, hey, Adrian, you know what's being built at the corner of X and X Street? Or do you know when the school is going to be started? Or "What's, what's opening up in the plaza? Or is there anything available for lease in the plaza? Those things happen all the time.
1: So that's where it snowballed. That's where it started. It did. And up until up until that point, we were, and probably a while after that, so we were literally doing absolutely everything uh for the business. We didn't source anything out, which was um Blessing I would say then a curse. Yeah, a curse more than anything. I would say that uh, that's one of the the biggest changes in our business when we realized the importance of delegating and not being perfectionists, and just implementing processes and new things, throwing shit at the wall, waiting to see what sticks, and running with it, and hiring people to do, take on the responsibility of things that our time and our skill level was not best suited. So, you know, if we if we trace it back to when we hired stagers to do things instead of us staging it. And when we hired photographers and stuff like that, instead of us investing our time to do that, I could say we could pinpoint to the moment that our business took a substantial jump in productivity and uh, profitability. So don't be afraid of hiring people.
0: Well, that was a big... um, That was a control issue. That was a control issue that we had. And a lot of people have that. A lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of small business owners have that issue of not only being able to delegate their their baby, um, but then taking on the expense of also delegating that job or those tasks. So I think that plays a big component in, in understanding yourself and understanding um, that you have to let go, right? It's like, it is your kid and, you know you're sending your kid off to school but you know your kids in good hands and it's kind
1: of the same thing well um, if you coddle if you coddle the kid they're going to be needy dependent adults they'll, be, they'll become like me right versus <laughs> you know letting them go trusting them letting them figure shit out make some mistakes on the way but they end up being a far superior human being because of that not easy decisions but worthwhile like for for one of the big things I would say is if you're concerned about delegating just make sure that like make specific note that when that delegated job is taking place which you would have otherwise been doing at that time ensure you've got something booked in your calendar during that time like book a client coffee whatever do something more productive well I think there's two Two parts to that equation, if you are going
0: to delegate it, you have to make sure that the person it's being delegated to is trained properly and is executing the job the way you want it executed from top to bottom. Um, So show somebody and tell somebody how you want it done and, and make sure that that is consistent. Yeah. Um, because I think that's very, very important. And that's part of why our business is so successful is because we have a product and processes in place that delivers consistency and accuracy, attention to details. It's so, so important. Um, you know, the average price of a home now is creeping in the eight hundred thousand dollar range in Halton region. Um, and It's actually a little bit higher now. And it's a huge transaction. It's the most, most financially, um, it's your biggest financial decision. Um, and we all face it, whether you're a realtor or somebody that's hiring a realtor selling a piece of real estate is, is your biggest decision oftentimes. So, um, you know if if you are a business owner and not just a realtor you're faced with delegating uh delegating things on a regular basis or you should be and you know to our fault i think what what fault we had in the early going is we were so good at being different and doing things differently and being tech savvy people and, and hard workers. Like, I mean, we were working 80 hours a week in the beginning, each of us, no days off, no evenings off, nothing. And we had no kids at that point either, but you know, no life, no life for the first several years. And because we were tech savvy, we learned how to take good photos. We bought the equipment, we spent thousands of dollars back then on getting good equipment and having the right lens and having the right programs. And we learned how to take good real estate photos and, and create good real estate videos. And we went out and we got a, why are you smirking? Nothing. Alicia put some clothes on. He
1: said, put some clothes
0: on. Um, you know, and and we went out, we got a storage locker, we filled it with a bunch of staging items and we would do the staging ourselves. I remember the days where,
1: and I certainly... I know remember you, when you um, were going to people's houses, picking up dirty underwear.
0: Oh man, showings. we did it. We did it all. We did it all. I'm, but yeah. I remember the days where we would meet outside at like 8, 8.30 in the morning Load up our car, whichever vehicle we were taking, load
1: it all up. It was usually your little uh three series BMW that was jam packed because Man, for some reason and, your little car had a bigger trunk than my big car, yeah, and it fit a ton of stuff, yeah.
0: And um, we would load it with artwork, plants, accessories, mirrors, the whole bit, but also our all of our video gear, all of our cleaning gear, and you know, 8.30 in the morning, stop being distracted by your wife. 8.30 in the morning, we hop in the car, we would get there and declutter,
1: right? Declutter. It was a whole day's process. It, we would but the, and that That goes back to the importance of delegating. Delegating. If we had have done that earlier, that's an extra eight hours, 16 hours probably between the two of us that we could be focused on more business producing productive, 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 Productive. productive you know, we could have been doing tasks that would have been building more revenue, more leads. Yeah. Yeah. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. But when you're new in an industry, sometimes you don't know it until you know it, right? Like you're you're pinching your pennies because you've got nothing coming in.
0: Right. Right. You gotta, you gotta get, your hands dirty. You got to lip. And let me just tell you, even if we could have afforded it and had the foresight of saying, okay, let's create processes and just delegate this all out. We would not have known it all as well as we know it all today because we did do the staging. We did do the photos. We did do the video. We did do the cleaning, the decluttering. We installed fucking light fixtures we did all the video editing we did all the social media ads we did all of the uploads to the mls systems um all the descriptions
1: of the properties
0: we even did our own floor plans
1: like everything. literally
0: had an app floor on.
1: plans everything measurements everything
0: literally every single component um was done by the two of us and we didn't have an assistant we didn't have any other realtors and we were Well, Steve was Steve Brumman was the first to join our team in 2017, and it was forced. It was we forced. It was a decision that was forced upon us because you had your second child. I had twins on the way. We were having our biggest year ever. And we just had so much business that we had no choice but to hire somebody. We had liked Steve. He had helped us with some open houses in the past. He'd been a registered realtor um, with the brokerage already for almost a couple of years. And a very ethical guy, funny guy. Um a very honorable and very loyal person. And we saw that in him right away and knew he would be a good fit. So we just brought him on and we
1: didn't think twice about it. What's that?
0: (laughs) Better a KT logo than a road logo? uh,
1: Yeah, like that was a smart decision. Like these people are getting free advertising. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll give us a shout out, tag them in in something. Maybe. Um, Steve was a welcome addition, a necessary addition. And that was our first addition. To the team, we so we went five years, just doing everything
0: the two of us. Yeah, and just the two of us made it to the highest
1: level award that Century Twenty One awards. Well, not only we were the seventeenth highest producing team in the country, and that was compared to like two hundred or two hundred fifty teams. And when I say teams, we're being compared against teams with dozens of team members, and it was just you and I. Yep. Just the and two we, of us. Just the two of us. And we came in number 17 in the country. And we were not only the salespeople. We were the salespeople, the stager, the photographer, the floor plan technician, everything. The accountant. The accountant. The, ad, the admin person,
0: the controller. We were busy as fuck. Yeah. So for those of you that say oh, I'm not happy in my job and I'm going to start a business or I'm going to do this on the side or I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You can do it. You can do whatever you want to do, but you got to fucking work. You got to work your ass off and nothing comes easy, especially in today's day and age. And, you know, the more so the message has to be, you have to evolve. You have to evolve as an individual. You have to evolve your business. Like I think of all of the features and services that we offer now, and the way um, the way everything looks in terms of our marketing, um, it's all changed,
1: right? Um, You have to evolve. You have to. Well, you need need to decide what you want. You know, to what level do you want to grow your business? If you just want to do a a, a deal a month, that's fine. But if you want to excel and grow a team or be the top producing, you know, you have to decide, first of all, to what level do you want to get and how do you get there?
0: That's all about, you know, you got to have goals and targets and a plan with any, I believe you have to do that with anything in life. I'm a big, um, you know, write down, write down what you want to accomplish kind of person. And actually, I just finally got my think board. Um,
1: you oh, know, I've, I've been never pushing... seen one. Where is it?
0: Yeah, it's still uh it's still wrapped up. We uh we've been talking about that forever. I know now we got one for the boys' uh playroom as well. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm gonna I'm gonna redesign my room a little bit, my office, and uh I'm gonna get it up on the wall. But um you have to know what you want to accomplish what you want to achieve. Uh, You want to make a hundred thousand dollars this year. That's got to be in front of you and you got to work that backwards. So what do I got to do to earn that hundred thousand dollars? And that's very much so in the career of a realtor is that you have to have that vision. And there are a lot of realtors that are perfectly okay making a hundred thousand dollars and working full time, but at a much less capacity, right? Like they'll work, I don't know, 30, 40 hours a week um, at their own schedule, at their own pace. You know, they sell 10 homes a year or a, a deal a month kind of thing. And, and they're happy. That's fine. That's fine. If you can service your client and you do a good job and you do it professionally, go for it. But, you know, our goal was always to aspire to eventually become our own brokerage and and open multiple locations. Well, whereas now I don't know that conversation might be a little different for physical uh, locations, but uh, having a team that grows, but also having a team that um, follows, you know, our pretty strict guidelines and well they're not even guidelines they're they're rules uh rules yeah. of engagement and and processes
1: and um well I and think that was a big that's been a big part of us is always having consistent service so whether you're working with any well regardless of which team member you're working with you're getting yep. the exact same level of service the exact same marketing materials yep. same results very consistent we've got a very that's consistent process that's a good process. point like
0: for for anybody that's listening that is part of a team or or starting to think about building a team cuz i'm sure realtors and um you know just general public are going to be listening to this but and that's okay i think the biggest question mark in the real estate industry pertaining to teams because Teams are the future of real estate. If you are an individual agent, you will be phased out and it's happening. You're going to be phased out. You won't be able to compete because you don't have the budget to, you don't have the database to. Um, I'm not saying that there isn't a role for that individual agent. Somebody might like just dealing with one person on the whole thing. But the way the transaction is handled, the way the attention to details is brought to your property or even to your purchase, um, the amount of attention and care you get from our team, you as an individual agent will never be able to compete. You won't. If I'm meeting with a potential client and you as an individual agent are meeting with that same client, I guarantee you, I will make you look like an amateur. So I, I'm being honest. And yeah, that's a little chest pounding, but that's how we've gotten to become good at what we do. Well, and we're the, good
1: at what we do. The team environment so, is like for us anyways, it's been a huge component to our business because it's a busy industry. It's a Things move quickly. If you need assistance, you need someone there to help you. Between our administrative team, our client care manager... And all of our salespeople that all have a genuine interest in making sure that every person's client is successful. There's always someone to talk to. If you have a problem, there's always someone there to take care of you. Well, there's there's always
0: like if if you're listing a home with us. Now you know. Let's talk about that part of the process a little bit. There's always somebody talking about your property on social media. Always, right? Yeah, And that's, and that's something that growing a team and building this team has excited me so much, because if you put the right people in place, you are now entitling your, your team to take ownership of, of the business, in a sense. And that's the benefit that the client gets, right? Like the, the client is, is the winner here, because they're getting more exposure. And and it's good exposure. Like we train our people on how we want it done and they execute it and they, they're doing a great job. Um, but, you know, the general public going back to where I wanted to take this is the general public doesn't necessarily yet know, and we don't do a good job of it. Are you playing with that thing too? I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More advertising for Yeah, load. right. Um, the general public doesn't understand that if they hire a team, they think that they don't have just one person that they're dealing with, right? Like they think, oh, I'm going to be just a number and I'm going to be, you know, there's going to be like so many hands in this pot that I just want to deal with this one person. And what a lot of people don't know is that, okay, every team structure is different. So I can only speak to ours, but a lot of teams are structured similarly to us. Um, maybe don't execute it as well, but have the same premise that you still deal with that one realtor, but there might be additional assistance that happens behind the scenes or or even throughout the course of the sale, right? So So you still get that, Kind of one-on-one attention to care, um, but you do have more people that are motivated to help you. So, so I think the, the real estate industry and us as a team probably has to do a better job of of educating um, the public on that.
1: Well, I would say one of the biggest mistakes that real estate agents make, and I mean this applies to all industries and salespeople and whatever. Is ensuring you have open communication and you set the right expectations? Because some of the complaints I've heard in the past about other from other people uh, were that you know they hired a real estate agent uh, to sell their home. And that salesperson never met with them again, basically. They weren't even there when it came time to negotiate offers. So offers were coming in. They had somebody, a new face enter the equation at that point to negotiate offers. Um, had that real estate agent set the proper expectations uh, and explain why they had opted to do it that way from the beginning, it wouldn't have been a problem and they wouldn't be chatting to us at that point to hire us. So you have to set the right expectations.
0: And that's with anything in life really, but certainly if you're in business um, as an entrepreneur uh, that, That's super important. And for your staff too, right? Like setting proper expectations of what you expect somebody to do in their job is a huge fail for a lot of businesses. A lot of businesses don't properly um, set expect they don't train properly. And then they don't set the proper expectations and don't follow through with it. Like um, how many places I've worked where I didn't get proper training. So you're learning on the fly and then you don't know what's expected of you. And nobody's ever monitoring that to know if you're doing a good job or you're not. And if you are doing a good job, there's nobody ever there to pat you on the back. Right. I've, I've had so many of those jobs in my life and, and that's part of what made me want
1: to be an entrepreneur. Yep. Anyway. So that brings us to today. Now we are a team of six licensed agents, client care manager. We have our own uh, media department, full-time videographer, photographer, and we are expanding. So if you have one person, they have many responsibilities. I still consider it a department. Yes. And uh, we continue to grow. So if you are a real estate agent watching this, you've made it this far. Not only do we want you to comment, drop a question, let us know what you want us to talk about in the next podcast, like, and follow the podcast. But if you're looking to join a team, give us a shout. We're looking for new team members. who want to grow the team, the Halton, Peel, Wellington, Hamilton area.
0: And I'll be honest. Not all of you will qualify. No, well, that's the big thing. We're not, <laughs> we're not a, recruiting. are sorry. Sorry. If you're a follower and you're listening, I appreciate the love but you gotta be damn good
1: if we're gonna give you a seat at the k t studio and it's not just about being qualified, it's about being a good fit,
0: yeah, and hey a lot on of people our team
1: won't be able to put up with our bullshit
0: a hundred percent in fact, while we're chatting here, i just we just got a message on Instagram that says you guys bicker like a married couple.
1: I saw that um uh that's what happens when you on- work together for. 20 years and live next door on, to each other on
0: our on our team we have a full yeah and we know everything about each other probably too from any any aspect of our lives um
1: maybe not everything
0: tell me one thing i don't know about yeah
1: i can think of a few Can you <laughs> continue on are,
0: are they not suitable for this audience not this podcast On our team, we have a full gambit of people that came from all kinds of different places. We've got Steve Brooman, who was already in the industry. Heather sort of was in the industry. She was kind of new when we brought her on. Neither of them with sales backgrounds or real estate backgrounds both moved from other areas into Halton region. Um, Chris Behe, we had an experience with because we worked together. He was a salesperson at uh, Milton Toyota and ultimately, um, you know, he reported to both of us and we had a good experience in training him and, and he became a, Uh, senior manager in the organization, I was actually the one that promoted him um, to be a manager in the dealership. And then he went on after I left, he went on to be a uh, sales manager uh, at Ancaster Toyota and did very well, but also realized that uh, he couldn't grow so um, and always had a passion for real estate. And at that point, he had done, him and his wife had done three or four transactions with our team at that point. And then we have Steve Chiquetto, who's from, he was a high income earner in the pharmaceutical field, brand new into real estate. We helped him, uh, help guide him as he got his license and then went through some training before he got, uh, his feet wet and he's doing very well. He's going to hit his target this year. Jen, who I worked with 25 years ago or 20 years ago, um, and became friends she left a higher paying job to come and work with us because she wanted to be a part of it. yep, she does a great job and uh and Ian Ian is kind of an interesting story because we've had to go through two other videographers before we found Ian so um the other two individuals, one lasted maybe a couple of months the other one lasted about a year and uh the the consistent i guess i guess you know it's an interesting position because you're you're hiring for somebody in a creative position and a lot of people that have knowledge for that position are younger Yes. Right now. Right. Um, And what we found with the first two videographers was there was it was abundantly clear that they were not mature at all um, and really just need to be doing their own thing. You know, be an entrepreneur themselves or just a solo person going out and shooting some, I don't know, wedding videos or I don't know. but they weren't a fit. And Ian, who we interviewed, we had hundreds of applicants for this position. Hundreds. I remember that those interview nights, that was fun. And we interviewed, Ian doesn't even know this story and he has to watch this now uh, an hour and 20 minute recording, but, uh, he doesn't even know the story. We interviewed, I think twelve people before hiring Ian this time around, and we did it back to back days, I think, or it was in the same week, but the one day Jen, who booked our um interviews, had i think seven or eight interviews lined up for that day, and we started at like eight thirty in the morning, and the last one was like at eight o'clock at night, so we're interviewing for. 12 hours straight at the KT studio. And at around four or five, maybe even six o'clock, but late afternoon, I busted out the booze. I the bottle, uh, f- Fireball. Earth, fireball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I busted out the fireball and we had a couple of shots. And, uh, so by the time we got to interviewing Ian, cause he was either, he was one of the last, I think he was the second last
1: interview for that day. We were already a bit tipsy. I tell you, some of the best decisions we've made are under the influence.
0: And he is a brilliant mind. Like, I uh, and I've said this to him, he doesn't even know how good he really is. And we are lucky to have him. Let's not tell him. Um. And I really think that if he, you know, it's hard working for us and with us and you, you know, there's a lot in that position. There's a lot to do. There's never a dull moment because you're always doing something. There's not enough hours in the day. It can be monotonous, especially now, right. Being hunkered down for COVID and not getting out and about, but if he sticks with it and sticks with us, and it looks like we will stick with him in the next few years, he will be the one building out this media department. And we're already setting the framework for it. And And he's a brilliant mind. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's going to be able to produce with people under his team, within our team. And that's where I think, you know, once we start getting Jan and, and Ian an assistant, and getting some more help and some more salespeople and things like that. That's where we're going to become number one in the country, not number 14, where we currently sit. Um, so I'm excited for that. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's it's funny because after we interviewed Ian, when he walked out. And it's funny when you and I interview people because they they walk out and instantly we're always on the same page. It's very unlike us that somebody will walk out of an interview with us and we have differing opinions. It happens on occasion, but usually we're pretty much on the same page. And when Ian left, I think we both looked at each other and said, I like him. Yeah, it was, it was unanimous. And he produced, he did a video for his uncle, who is a knife maker. and when I watched that video and I spoke to him and we told him what our expectations were and what the salary is and this and that, and everything was aligning, you know, um, well, the rest is history. He's, he's been with us uh, for all of 2012 now, pretty much. And, uh, 2020, pretty much 2012. And, um, yeah. Uh, you know, that, he was the the last hire of the team right now, and um, I'm I'm really excited about you know where we're at and to be able you know we're in 2020 where we experienced nothing like what we would have anticipated, nothing that we would have planned for, and this will be our best year ever. Yep. Yeah. In a in a year where for three months we basically weren't working. Yeah. March, April, and May. Uh, you know, I don't want to say we weren't working because we were working every day. All it was actually a
1: great time because we were we were able to focus on a lot of the things we were never able to get around to, which are some of the uh, most important things. Yep. To take us to the next yep. level. Yep, so, we were. Go ahead. I was just going to sum it up and just say, so that is our story, more or less from taking two guys that live next door to each other starting a real estate company from scratch, leaving companies that were jobs that were high paying with lots of benefits to now a top producing team. So my my personal advice for people just getting into, different people watching this right now, but if you're watching this as a real estate agent or someone that's just getting into the industry or contemplating getting into the industry, my best advice from our successes would be be persistent. Uh, choose something and focus on it. So if you decide... That focus is gonna be farming in a neighborhood like we did and you're gonna send out a newsletter every month. Don't do for two months and then give up. Do for two years and then give up if that's what you're gonna do. But you need to do it longer, persistent. Uh, do it persistently uh, because you won't get results quickly. It takes time. And at
0: the end of the day, you have to make sure your client is happy because happy clients will do business with you again, and they will tell their family, their friends, their colleagues about you and your service or your product. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you're selling. Doesn't matter if it's food, if it's socks, if it's dog food, I don't care. You have to have a satisfied, a completely satisfied client. And you know we've got five-star Google review Hundred and thirty or hundred and forty reviews right now. All yeah. of them are five star, and that's not because we're paying people to do, leave them. They're going on there naturally and and saying, "Hey, these guys kick ass," and and hire them. And that's what you want to build your your business to to be. And you know, I think I think kids now growing up will hopefully benefit from understanding and being able to learn everything you can learn anything now at home right you're stuck at home anyway you might as well learn something um if you're if you're mowing lawns as a 13 year old you can still have a website and google reviews and a facebook page and you could be the busiest lawn mowing person in your neighborhood and That could be your income. Doesn't matter what you're doing or what you want to become or what you have the talent
1: or the ability to do. A couple easy things to elevate yourself above the competition, no matter what industry you're in, answer your phone. If you don't answer your phone, (laughs) call people back. And when you do answer your phone, say, Hey, this is John from John's lawn care. How can I help you today? Don't answer the phone. Like many of our competitors do in real estate and say, hello that's it. like who the hell am i talking to it's my biggest pet peeve be professional and you be will do professional, well. be, be, professional, be professional be persistent professional there you B- go B- 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 B. B. there's, Lots of there's our
0: there you know you just came up maybe with some of our new uh branding uh get rid of the real estate done right and insert some of those into it because it's exactly what we do all of us so Anyways, that's episode 100. And we rambled on for almost an hour and a half here just talking about what we've done and what we've accomplished and who we are and what we believe in in business and entrepreneurship. If you've got anything to add, if you know us and know our business and you want to tell us a little bit about what interests you in in our business or what we've done that you were impressed with or if you're an entrepreneur or budding entrepreneur
1: and you have something to add what is that you really sticking that on there if you can see your text message ian just sent us a message saying you should put a kt logo over the road logo Right. So he's watching. Anyways, give, give, yeah.
0: <laughs> hey Ian, give a shout out to road and in, in this uh, wherever it's going to be posted because uh, maybe they should send us some free, uh, some free swag for uh, upcoming uh, episodes or for new, uh, new employees. Anyways, episode 100. If, uh, if you've got to this spot on the podcast, thank you for listening for so long. Uh, make sure you subscribe, like, and this is an important one to comment on. So, please comment. We'd love to hear your feedback, your thoughts, or uh, what you thought about our story.